You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Black hair in the big leagues, y'all. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas, and my heart is racing, y'all. I feel so excited tonight. On the line tonight, we've got Black Broadway excellence. Y'all, she made a splash on Broadway for her Broadway debut as Nina Simone in Soul Doctor. She performed alongside Godra McDonald, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Billy Porter, Adrian Warren, and, 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 and in Shuffle Along. She played and slayed uh, as Peggy and Mariah Reynolds in Hamilton. She's done so many things, but what which, what excites me and why I'm inspired by her is her work with the Broadway Advocacy Coalition, which she co-founded, as well as the Instagram account for Black Women on Broadway. Y'all, she's also a Howard University graduate. But what I find so special about her is I've not met her yet. Doing a deep dive um, and in um, getting ready for tonight, talking to her, I realized it took me seconds. It took me seconds before I fell in love with her personality and her soul and listening to her voice. Oh, it does not take long before you realize she can't just sing. She's anointed. Y'all, please help me welcome Amber Iman. Thank you, Salisha. That was like the best introduction ever. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, it's like it's really not hard. You're amazing. I'm so like I started this podcast not very long ago. And my the first episode that aired was somebody who I look up to, Aisha Jackson. And when I asked her, who do you look up to? She said, you. I'm like, I love Aisha. That's my little sis forever. I adore her. That was so sweet. Honestly, like she's amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. How are you today? You know, I guess we, sh- you know, this is, we are recording this the night before election day. Yes. Yes. I do. I was on the couch all day. If I'm honest, like I just feel exhausted by everything. Everything is exhausting me. Yes. And I just, today I was like, let me just be gentle with myself. If my body says I need to lay down, then I'm just going to lay down and I'm going to drink some water and lay down. So I'm okay. It's just an odd time. It's honestly time. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I kind of like feel the same way. It kind of feels like the calm before the storm. I felt today felt for me, it felt awkward. How, how I feel awkward in my own apartment. I know I have not left here and I've just been like, what is going on? It just feels crazy. There's something in the atmosphere, in the air. I think they said the mercury just came out of the power parade oh, or the Gatorade or whatever. <laughs> oh, mercury. Okay, whatever that means. I just, okay. <laughs> I have no idea what is about to happen tomorrow. I'm like kind of holding on to this feeling of right now, anything could happen, but like on the more optimistic scale. Yeah, and then like because of all the absentee ballot, like we won't know tomorrow. Like that's the thing is like, this is also different than any other time because it's going to take a couple days to count all those ballots. So I don't even know what tomorrow is going to be. 
What can wow. they say? What? How long is it going to take? Is oh, good gracious! Wow, just going to be breaking news for the next forty-eight hours. We're all going to be on <laughs> the pins and the needles for a week. We really are. It's insane. The, I feel like the scary part is like it didn't even dawn on me. To, in my mind, I was like, okay, if so and so wins, we are all united. If so and so wins, we are all divided. But really, the country might be kind of crazy, no matter. Either way. Literally, either way, they will not be happy either way. Somebody's going to be mad. The fact that people are boarding up businesses, they're anticipating riots. They're anticipating people out in the streets losing their minds. So God save us. (laughs) Oh, my my mom texted me today. She was like very concerned. She's like, I am not kidding. I am very serious. I need you to be safe tomorrow. I'm like... Oh, God. Yes, and you know when they get that motherly tone, you're like, oh, God, okay, yes, okay, sure. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, Amber, one of the first things that, okay, so I know that you, you are, like, a thing, and I am, like, so excited about all of the things, but you came into, like, my sphere of who is that in particular for me this summer. So, shit hit the fan when... George Floyd was murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Broadway Advocacy Coalition freaking stepped up to the plate and took the reins and took the lead and everybody followed suit. Amber, this three-day conference that y'all put on, everybody came. All the white people were there. All the black people. Everyone, the whites pulled up. It was insane. When we saw those numbers, like 5,000 people, 25,000, all of the whites. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Okay, my first question is, who called who saying, okay, we need to do this and we're doing this? So first of all, that's the, the the crazy thing is, you know, I am a, I am a troublemaker, a fire starter, but it's always unintentional. I promise you, this was not, I called Britain and I said, what are we going to say? Or what are we going to post? I literally, and I mean it in every sense of the word, I literally meant we need an Instagram post just because (laughs) we hadn't posted in a while. Now we're not an organization that has to post black lives matter because duh, like, you know, we're not like the white people who we need a black square. Like y'all know why we were founded. (laughs) We were founded by black people. Get out of my face. So it wasn't like we need to post a solidarity post, but just something so that people know we're still active because we had moved away from Broadway. We'd started working more in the community. And I was like, just so people re- remember who we are, where we came from, we're not new to this, we're true to this. Let's just post something. And Britain is the president. And so I always want to check in with him. And I was like, so yeah, let's talk about what we're going to do, say, what we're going to blah, blah, blah. I'm just putting this in your ear, just a little something, something. I know. I did not intend. Oh my gosh. I did not. But I mean, as soon as we started talking about it, I was like, God dang it. Okay. It made sense. It was the right thing to do. But again, just like four years ago, Broadway for Black Lives Matter, it was not my intention to start a whole thing. It was just like, I'm tired of silence and no one's speaking up and we need to do something. So, yeah. That's the thing. Y'all weren't founded this summer. Y'all were founded in 2016. Y'all been doing work. But this stuff, everybody was on their couch with no job to go to. Everyone had to sit with, oh, this has been happening. You're like, yes, this has been happening for so long. So I'm wondering, because I was on my side of the computer screen with my mute button on, with my camera off, safe and sound in my home. And I was still scared during this conference because things were being said that I'm like, oh my goodness, these are things that I've always known, but we don't say this in front of non-Black people. Were you scared, Amber? Or was this like... (laughs) I was not supposed to be on the panel. First of all, I... Really? Really? on everything I love. I was supposed to be in attendance. I helped organize it. And I think the day before, one of my good sister friends, she dropped out because of fear. She was like, y'all, I'm not ready. I don't think I'm in a place where I can share. And everybody was like, Amber. And I said, God, 
to be in my onesie I had planned to be eating my Doritos and drinking my Coca-Cola like just cheering everybody on because we've done it we've been through the trenches the two weeks it took to plan it like we're finally here I just want to sit back and watch the numbers climb and watch why people be real scared and the and the comment section right was lit the right. comments were lit when they asked me they were like Amber last minute would you mind I can't say no but I also was like but I don't want to do this that's <laughs> the thing is like nobody wants to do this work like we don't want to be activists this is out of need this is because wow. I'm messing up so wow. I was sitting there and we were on that panel and I can't remember the question that was asked but I was like okay here we go here we go <laughs> and here we go Daniel Watts and Cody and I, we were all speaking the same language. Like if we, this is day one and we got to come out guns blazing, we have to be open and honest. Like we can't sit up here and pretend like, no, let's tell the real story. So I was scared. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because I was, the thing is like, I can see the names of the people. Like I know who's in this room. Like, yes. RSV. These were big people, names. These producers. Who green light. These are the people who I'm going to have to walk into an audition room with them in, at some point when the world yes. opens back up. So yes. part of you has that fear of like, oh, will I be blacklisted? Oh, will my career be over? And then there's the other part that's like, first of all, I serve a God who is more powerful than you will ever be. And what is mine yes. will not pass me. But also, yes. if I speak the truth and you don't want to hire me, I probably don't want to work with you. Like, I don't want to work with anybody who's going to penalize me for telling you the truth. I'm not out here selling that the sky is red and the earth is purple. Like, I'm just literally out here telling the truth. And if that scares you, to the left, to the left. I don't want to be a part of anything that you're doing. So I was wow. like, all right, here we go. Wow. And it was powerful. Like literally even just thinking about it, I was like this half the time, like, <gasps> yeah, <gasps> like looking around and there was no one in the room with me. I was like, just like, yeah. are we doing this? Are we saying this? Are we doing this? Yeah, we did. But like, it was a whole lot of truth, though. Yeah. So it's like, mm. it's one of those things that it's like, this is so scary. But also, y'all, this is what we've been kind of silent about for like mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, like, I remember my dad telling me when I was little, like, hey, this is a thing. Not every white person is like this, but just know that it's a thing. And also, we don't talk about it. Right. Like, White, like these are the these are the people with all the jobs. If you want to be a part of the club, you have to give them what they want, and if you don't, you won't be a part of the club. You yeah. won't be a part. And so, kind of with that in the back of my mind, it's always been like, all right, I know this is a thing. Was that a microaggression? I'm not mm -hmm. really sure, but let me keep my mouth shut so that no one feels threatened by my blackness, by all of the things. Mm -hmm. That's so real. That's so. Real. And now I kind of feel like okay it's a new day but it's still like it's still scary and like you said it's not like oh I want to be an activist it's like no it's out of we need we just all want to go to work like we just all want to show up in a space that's safe and equitable like that ain't nobody want to do this like <laughs> I think people think we get joy out of it like this is not anything that we want to do we set out to do it, it's it's literally out of necessity it's literally out of exhaustion we're so tired the the burden that we have to walk into the room with all of this on our shoulders we're carrying the whole race we're representing our people we're, it's too much time is up for that i just want to yes. go to work and tell a story like the black people get to do can i just do that we're gonna cut for a short ad break Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. And I have a question for you. So when you do go in, to, like when you were in rehearsals for Hamilton or rehearsals mm-hmm. for Shuffle Along. Well, Shuffle Along, I wonder if it was like this. Mm-hmm. But it, well, actually, yeah, I, I'm going to just ask. Have you ever walked in, and maybe not those ex- those shows, I know you've done so much. Have you ever walked into white spaces and felt like you needed to change who you were at all? Or are you always like, this is it. Like, I I have my dreads or I have my locks or I have my natural hair. Have you ever, like, not done that on purpose because of who was going to be in the room? Well, you know, I... When I think back, like I on that panel, I told the story about the the room that I walked into where the stage manager, you know, grabbed my hair and said it was wild and asked if I needed a brush. And I hadn't really thought about that or operated in that space before that. Like I went to Howard University. I'm from Atlanta. I'm black as hell. Like I, I had natural hair. I had perms. I had braids, weaves, wigs, whatever. I did all of it. And it wasn't until that moment that I, I remember the day after that I woke up and I was like, oh, should I straighten my hair? Should I wear a wig? Should I wear a baseball cap? Because I don't want anybody to bother me. Like, I just want to be able to do my work. And if my hair is a distraction, then I need to figure out what to do to stop the distraction. I had never thought about how to show up in a room until after that. And then it was always like first days, like the first day I show up to rehearsal, how am I going to show up? Because it kind of like sets the tone. Like, am I going to show up with my hair out in a fro? And a lot of times for me, it depends on the show. Like, if I know I'm doing a Black musical, if I know right. I'm doing something with all Black people, oh, well, let's go. Let's How Black go. can I be? Can I wear my room for everybody Black sweatshirt? Like, <laughs> can I wear my earrings, my door knockers? Like, Wakanda forever. And if I know I'm about to be a token, I'm like, you know what? I It's literally, I just don't want nobody white to say nothing dumb to me. It's not even like, it's it's not like, oh, I need to show up differently. It's like, I don't want to hear y'all say something stupid. We all know, I, I, one of my friends, Crystalyn, we, like she did the beginning of a workshop or something like with her hair braided and it's like, I got to take my braids out. And it's like, ugh, I got to walk in here after three weeks of braids with my fro and I know everybody going to say something ignorant. It's like those are the things that white people don't realize we're at home like, God dang it, I got to take these braids out. Well, dang it. No one thinks about those things, but we have those moments where you look at the cash sheet, you look at who's going to be in the uh-huh. room, who's going to be yes. behind the table, you know what you know about them from hearing about them and it does kind of inform how I decide to dress, what I decide to do with my hair. It's, I never thought about it until that incident. And then as time has passed, I don't care. I don't care. And I don't care who's in the room. I don't care what color they are. If I feel like rocking a fro, it's going to be a fro. If I have a wig on Monday and a weave on Tuesday and cornrows on Wednesday, it is what it is. And you'll be Um. Okay. So one of the things that you just said, you mentioned, uh, if I walk into a room, is it going to be distracting? And I find that like terminology really interesting to me because yeah. my thought wouldn't be, my thought isn't like, is it distracting? My thought back in the day, at least I'm like embracing my natural hair finally. Yeah. But back in the day, my thought was, will they think I'm ugly? Mm. And you say distracting and it makes me feel like you, you are this confident black woman who is empowered and from where I'm standing from where I'm sitting it seems like everything that I know about you has just always been that that is who you are Amber Iman just and I'm wondering like (laughs) you're shaking your head no like you can tell me like why is that not true or where did that come from like Mm. break it down I try to like pinpoint a moment I remember um, like high school. I remember, so growing up, my mother's an actress. My mother's from Brooklyn, New York. She's very black. <laughs> my father, South Carolina, everybody's black. Um, and we, I grew up on the South side of Atlanta, went to black schools. Everybody was black, black, black. And then I went to the white people's high school. 
And I'm sure that's where the tides turned. Um, and that's actually where I got my first perm, not because I was going to the white people's high school, but my mother got a show. She was on a TV series in Florida. And so I was starting a brand new school on the white side of town, had to get on a bus way early in the morning and was kind of by myself. And she didn't want me to have to struggle with my hair because I got thick 4Q West African thickness. And Not 4Q. I don't know what she is. I don't have that. I have Q. When you brush my hair, it says mbele, mbele. So I, <laughs> she, she just didn't want me to have like on top of high school, new school traveling. She didn't want me in the morning like trying to figure out my hair. So I got a perm. So I'm in the white people's school. I have a perm and I'm just like assimilating into whiteness. And I remember when it was four years later, it was time for me to go to school, like uh, college. She started talking about Howard and I was like, um, who goes to a black school? That sounds like really lit. And okay, I'm Northwestern with my best white girlfriend, Kate. Like she and I were going to be like double majors and we were going to go like to Northwestern. And I, my mom at some point slapped somebody sent sent to me. I don't remember how. I think we visited how visited Howard for a weekend. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And then Howard was like, a culture shock. It's so odd because I grew up around everything black, but those four years in high school really kind of messed me up. Got so it. Yeah. Howard, where it's like the blackest of black, where I'm <laughs> black men on the yard in suits and briefcases. And like, I never forget my first event at Howard with like a pep rally or something. And it started with them playing um, Lift Every Voice and Sing, and everybody stood up and put their fists in the air. And I was like, are we black? Black. We are black AF. So it was like, then I went through a whole nother like shift in blackness. And at Howard, I was trying to figure myself out. I still had a perm. I kind of wanted to go natural, but I didn't really know how. And I was scared. So I had my perm all through Howard. And then I came out and I moved to Atlanta. And Atlanta at the time was trying to be a young Miami. Like it was all about weave down to your butt and the like Herbe Liget, like them skin tight dresses. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to do that because I need to be cute. And I will never forget, like, me and my friends would go out to the club. Because we're 21, we're 22, and we're cute. And I got my weave, and I got my dress, and I walk into the club, and the Jews are like, hey, hey, and I'm like, <laughs> and then, like, two weeks later, I need to, you know, give my edges a rest. So my natural is in, same beat, same dress, natural hair. I walk into the club, and it's crickets and tumbleweed. And I'm like, oh, the boys must all have a flu today. Like, they don't, <laughs> something's wrong. So then two weeks later, weave is back in, same beat, same cute, go back in the club. The boys are all on me. And it took me a while to be like, oh, they're falling in love with the weave. It's the, It was an oh. image. The dress with the chocolate skin, but with the weave, it made me look a different way or feel a different way. And it started like affecting me. Like I would start planning outings and trips around my weave. Like I can't go out with y'all on Tuesday because I'm not getting with my weave till Wednesday, but we can go out on Thursday. Like yeah. I didn't want to be seen until I had the full look. And it became exhausting trying to plan my social calendar and life around a weave. Wow. And I just remember one day, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And I literally prayed. I was like, God, I want you to get me to a space where I can wake up and be happy with what I naturally have. My natural lashes, my natural nails, my natural hair. Like, what you have given me, I want to get to a place where that is enough. And I just, I didn't do like a big chop. I just stopped getting perms. I stopped getting weaves. That was in 2010. And it was so like awkward. And like my hair was so short. I didn't know what yeah. to do with it. I wanted my hair to look like Tracy Ellis Ross's. I bought all her products. I right. followed her YouTube videos. My hair didn't look like hers. I said, she's a fraud. It's a person. <laughs> I didn't realize that her hair looked like that because her mama's black and her daddy's white. Nobody right. me. Right. She said, use three, three products and do a twist out. I did it. I don't look like <laughs> it's so real. It was this whole journey of figuring out how to just be. Like that's the thing is so many black women just don't even know how to be ourselves because everything about us has been told it's distracting, it's not right, it's not cute. I I, I never for, forget I was like one or two years in to my natural journey. So my hair, I was starting to figure it out. Still wasn't as cute as I felt with my weaves, but I was like I'm going to stay the course. I went to Target because, you know, they love to have a black girl product. Yes, they do. Black girl product. And there was this black woman weaved down to her butt and she was standing staring at the Shea Moisture products. And I could tell the fear. She just looked, I mean, she was shaken. And I said, uh, like, sis, you need any help? And she was like, 
I've never seen my natural hair and I just had a daughter and like, I kind of want to help empower her, but like, I don't really want to take out my weave because I just, I'm not going to be pretty. Like, like this is me. Like, this is my look. This is my thing. Like I'm getting emotional. (laughs) But to see like a grown black woman afraid to take out her weave because she was like, I'm not going to be cute. She knew she, she, it wasn't optimism. She was like, I'm going to take this out and I'm going to look a mess and I'm not going to know what to do with my hair. And like, I want to feel good about myself. And I, I was like, okay, I don't even remember what I was in there for, but I was like, fuck it. I got to help sis. So I was like, do you, have you ever seen your hair? Do you know? She was like, I see it once every six months when I take it out, wash it and put the weed back in. I was like, okay, well, whose hair does it look like? So I'm trying to figure out her curl pattern, trying to offer her, like, these are the YouTube girls I follow. Like just trying to help a black woman embrace who she is it was so heartbreaking and I know how many black women suffer with that because we get used to a a look I love the way I look with that weave down to my butt I felt so sexy I felt attracted men responded to that they did not respond to my natural hair so I, I it's so easy to fall in love with this image that is not you because the world tells you that that you is the you that you should be right so I was not confident I just kept doing Doing it, kept trying it. Um, and I wanted to be what I call an out natural. I didn't want to be a hidden natural. Cause I know a lot of women. What is that? A lot of women who are natural, but you never see their hair. Like they just wear braids or twists, but they never actually wear their hair out. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to be that. I want to try and embrace my hair. I want to try and learn how to do it. So how many videos, how many YouTubes, how many things can I find? So the confidence thing, girl, I'm still not there to be. <laughs> there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, I'm just going to permit because it is so, yeah. it's so hard, but it's yeah. also beautiful. Like there are days when I can say, I feel really good with my hair the way it is. It's a lot of unlearning that has had to happen for me. I remember doing Hamilton and I remember we were going to sing the national anthem at game five. We found out we were doing it. And the first thought was I got to straighten my hair. Like naturally, if it's an event, I'm going to be seen publicly in front of thousands of people. My hair needs to be straight. Uh, That's how I was raised too. That's how we were raised. My, I mean, the pain of that from childhood, I would go yeah. visit my family in the South and my mom, she would let me run around with my braids and my twists and my aunt would pull her every Saturday and say, now, if you're going to church with us in the morning, you know, you got to straighten her hair. She was saying like, that is not acceptable. When we go to church, if you're being seen with me, she can't have her nappy hair like that. That was ingrained in us from childhood. Yeah. So yeah. as a 30 year old woman, like I still have to it's a red carpet. It's a so-and-so. It's a, and my naturally, I let, right. me let me straighten. And it's like, it is hard to say, no, I'm going to show up with my pineapple. I'm going to show up right. with my brain. Oh my my like it, uh. people don't understand. It's a daily mantra. It's a, daily, yes. Like I am beautiful. It's a daily, like it's raining. I'm scared. My hair ain't going to do what I need it to do. Right. It's, I, I, I was just thinking the, uh, like not the other day, but like this summer, especially with everything going on, I'm like, I wish I had the confidence to show up to the Tony Awards with my afro. And I think after everything, I think I might be able to get there sooner than later. Yes, and people don't understand because it's also like, for artists especially, like what people forget is like, the Tonys is like, it's a lot of things. Like if you got to perform, you got to put on a wig and then you got to take the wig. So it's like, sometimes you want to wear an afro, but you're like me trying to wear an afro to the Tonys, like with all I have to do that day might even work like we don't even really get the opportunity to embrace it because of the lifestyle that we have right girl the way every time i'm like you know what next tony's we're gonna figure even if i gotta wear an afro wig right (laughs) right it counts it honestly counts because i want to see that on the red car i want to see something out too i want to be blackity black 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 In a gown, because in my head, like you said, it's like anytime there is an occasion, it is time to straighten it. It's time to, well, now I would like to be in the place where it's an occasion. Let me wear my My texture. Why people don't have to think about that. That is a us thing. It's like, how am I going to show up at this event? Because what message am I trying to send? And what am I, that's, it's so much work. 
It's so much <sighs> emotional labor. It's so, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So, I, like my favorite part of the pandemic is seeing all the Broadway girls with their protective styles. Everybody <laughs> got a braid. Everybody got a faux lock. Everybody got a cornrow. Black girls are living their best lives. We ain't got no wig caps. We ain't got to worry about nope. no bobby pins. Not and a wig cap in sight. Thriving. It is so beautiful. We like, all have I, wig. Right. Like, I'm like, should I throw my wigs away? Because I still have a bucket of wigs in my closet. But I'm... Keep the wigs. Just don't throw <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask for a certain feel. Or you, or you might just be like, I don't feel like doing my hair today. You know what I mean? So don't throw them out. But the, it's the intention of how we use them. Like, if it's like, right. oh, today, I just feel like being long and free and flowy. That's a thing. But it's not. Yes. I feel pressured to show up long, free, and flowy. Absolutely. And I, I love that we... We, I want to, especially with this podcast, I want to encourage, like, we are versatile. If we yeah. want to wear our hair straight, if you want to get the perm, yeah. if you want to get your hair straightened, you want to get the weave, locks, um, cornrows, all of it, natural, all yeah. of it. And, like, your hair, is it locked right now? These are faux locks that I've had in for, like, three months. I love them. I, love. I always say this is the closest I feel to white privilege. Because <laughs> I'm learning, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> and can sweat and work out and not be afraid and then have to do a self-tape and it is so luxurious to not have to worry about yeah. it. It really it really is. Do you prefer when you're in a show to be wigged or to not be wigged? Wig me down. Because <laughs> I have a 4 two hair. I also not I work for four Q. I'm telling you. I <laughs> I work out a lot and my hair does not if I think too hard, I start sweating in my hair. If I if I, if I blink too fast, I sweat in my hair. Shut up! <laughs> my hair does not hold a style. My hair is angry. So I it, it just does not make sense for me to attempt a style at all. Like I don't even they be like, oh, so we were wondering about your hair. Don't wonder. <laughs> Wig it. <laughs> don't, don't wonder. Wig it. Okay, so when you are wigged, mm -hmm. what and I'm sure this changes a lot. Um, so you can pick one or tell me all of them. I don't care. Uh, what's your wig prep? So the, I, I like to talk about Hamilton because that was the longest I ever did a show 14 months. Um, yeah. I love to go to the African hair braiding salon and just let them do a hard cornrow with some added oh. hair so that my hair is protected because I can keep those cornrows in for about a month. Oh. And then, like, I wash, I wash my cornrows. Like, I keep it real cute. But I just like to put a wig on. Like, I have at least four or five wigs in rotation. Right. And after the show, take a wig off, put another wig on. I can go out and take pictures and feel cute. I don't feel absolutely. limited by my hair. But, yeah, I'm definitely – I've never tried – I think Senkan Senglas told me, like, girl, Next time you do a show, when you go to your wig fitting, have your weave in or have your locks in or have your braids in. So they got a room. I never thought about that. And she said, oh, girl, doing Motown? Oh, yes, honey. She's like, I got three weaves under here. And I just, <laughs> I'm always afraid to show up to the wig fitting, not like down down. Right. I was like, no, the white people don't have to worry about that. Show right. how you want to be. And I was like. <laughs> So next time I'm definitely going to. It's like newbie mistake, especially like in terms of I'm, for my fittings, I'm always like, oh, let me make sure I don't eat the Chipotle. I want to be snatched. No, newbie, because you want to be as big as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton, sis, it was, I was like, I'm just telling y'all wardrobe. My goal is to not even look like this by the time this is over. They got tired of taking my costumes in. They used to hang my bras as a garland because I went down so many cup sizes. They would just be like, I went from like an E to a B over that. Oh. And I just bras, like they were buying bras. They were taking me in. I got to a point. They were like, sis, if you lose any more weight, we have to build you a new costume. Well, wait, that's a pretty amazing because I was coming from the other side of it, of being like, you're in a show. I'm going to gain 10 pounds. But your fitness journey has been pretty freaking fierce. Yes, ma'am. So um, hand clap for that. Thank How you. the heck? How, like, that? I was like, star, <laughs> star. It was because I was like, when will I ever have this much uh, consistency? And this much security. Like, I know for the next 14 months where my paycheck is coming from. 
I know right. I'm getting paid every week. And we're out in California, first of all, where everybody licks lettuce and drinks kale, period. <laughs> right. So I'm like, let me take advantage. When we got to LA, I lived above a Soul Cycle and a Barry's Boot Camp. I was like, okay, game over. Like, let's just see how far you can go. And I just really, I don't, I don't have an obsession with like size. I want to be strong in whatever that looks like. You um, look strong. I want to be fit. I want to be able to run for the A train and I'd be out of breath. Like <laughs> practical things. If, if an action movie calls tomorrow, I don't want to be like, oh, uh, I'm not ready. Maybe I need to eat a little more broccoli and chicken, a little less, you know, French fries, but it won't <laughs> I can't do this. It's impossible. So yeah, it's just been a fitness journey and a like strength journey for me. But you look so bomb. And I feel like when you feel good, it really like reflects in your, at least for me, when I'm like fierce and and, like fit, I'm like, I'm extra confident and you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. I, I do wonder. And what do you think about this? And you did touch on it a little bit. Is it, could it possibly be the same for hair or nah? And by that, I mean, when I wear my hair straight, I feel a certain way. And so because I feel a certain way, people react differently to me. Or is it, I have my hair like this and I see people's reactions. So I feel different. Which do you, chicken or the egg? I honestly think it's a combination of both. I can't remember. I have this video on my phone where I don't remember what I was doing, but I needed to wear this straight wig. And I had my face beat and I had my outfit and I put the wig on and I was like, what is it about straight hair that just suddenly I feel like I'm just like, damn it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. about this wig? Like two minutes ago, same outfit, same boot, my hair was out. And I mean, I was cute, but like I put on these inches and like, I'm just, I'm feeling myself. You I, can't tell me nothing. And I'm like, okay, I'm in my apartment by myself. No one has looked at me differently. I, something about it, I look at myself differently. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I know the feeling of going out into the world and having men feel differently or men approach me. I know what that is. Yes. So yes. That's why I'm like, I think it's a, I don't know where it comes from. What if it's like, have you seen bad hair on Hulu? I have, I'm not finished it yet, but I have started. Okay. Okay. I won't say, but like, if like hair has a spirit or something, like when my hair is natural, I feel kind of like I'm fun. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. And when my hair is straight, I'm like, I am sexy. I'm fierce. What is, that is, that is how we've been conditioned because that's all the girls in the videos who are like, Oh, I'm in the shower. Oh, I think is, is from outward. That is from external. Cause nobody is ever in the rain in like an Afro. Everybody in the rain with their hair. <laughs> Everybody got a right. to be weave in the rain. Like, no one's in the rain in an hour. I need, a, I need to see a black woman in a movie just being real sexy in the rain, but she got a whole fro. That, I think, will reset it for us. We need that. We need that. We'll be right back right after the break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Can we talk about this short film oh, that you wrote, starred in, what else, produced, directed probably? Like all these things, award-winning, award-winning short film called Steve, which yeah. I was looking so hard to find it. Is it not available for the public? Like, Oh, I can send you the link. It's because we um, submitted to film festivals and film festivals have like rules when you submit. Like, it, So it can't be like on YouTube. It can't be on YouTube, public. but if anyone wants to see it, I always just like, I'll just text it to you and you can watch it. Yeah. I'll show it. I'll send it to you. I'm so like, I it, I think it's weird for me to say I'm proud of you because first of all, I just met you tonight. Oh, okay. I and, appreciate but, that. But I'm just kind of like, wow, go girl. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And that was so funny because it was another like hair moment. Like I'm doing a three day shoot. Uh, I shot it. I, I, I wrote it. Executive produced it. I'm starring in it. I don't have enough money for like hair and makeup. So I'm doing my own hair and makeup. And I was like, for continuity reasons, like, it has to make sense. So I was like, I think I want, I wanted to wear my hair naturally. And in the back of my mind was like, how can I maintain this? But like, I, 
it was important to me in my first endeavor in my first film it was like I want my hair to be natural and I want my pineapple and every night like we would wrap at a ridiculous hour and I would just want to fall out and go to sleep and I was like I'm, I gotta twist this hair because I gotta be cute mm. so like I maintained it myself and when I watch it now I'm so proud that I made the choice to have my natural hair out because it's just it felt right it just really represented me in my best self the pictures that I saw because I haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. I do hope that you send it to me um you do look great Thank and you. I you do and I'm so just like it's inspiring and yeah. it's a reminder, especially Amber, anytime, because people are looking at you, people are watching you. Anytime that you do anything, anything, it is giving other people permission to do the same. It is giving, you're trailblazing, yeah. you're making a, pa- a path and being like, hey guys, I did this. It's possible. Like, yeah. you don't need my permission, yeah. but like if you did, guess what? Like, Go forth. And I think there's so many other women who I saw it, who inspired me. Like, I think back to Issa Rae and Awkward Black Girl when it was on YouTube. Like, I remember she had that short afro and, like, she was just a black girl being black. And it wasn't, her hair wasn't straightened. She didn't have no weave down to her butt. She was being, like, a girl who I wanted to be. Like, there's so many black women who I saw that I think subliminally, subliminally empowered me. So I was like, well, now it's my turn. Well, I got to show up the way they showed up for me. So I got to make sure my hair looks a way that, you know, I feel is like this is who, because in my everyday, I am in my natural hair. Like I am rarely in straight hair. Like when I go get it trimmed or whatever, sure. But like I walk around in my naturalness. It's taken me a long time to get here to this place where I embrace it, but I'm here. So this is who I am. This is a part of, of who I am. And I want to make sure that I represent myself in a way that is authentic and, and is right. genuine to who I am and how I move in the world. So it's a challenge. I mean, but that... I think when you look back, there's a, there's a, I feel proud. I do. Even amidst like, oh girl, I want to pull it out. I want to straighten it. I want to yeah. turn it. But there's, there's like, I'm proud of myself because I persevered because it's not easy at all. It really isn't. Yeah. And also okay, a couple more questions and then I'll get you out of here. When you do show up to set for doing a gig, um, not your short, but other things that you've done. I, what I just want to know, like, are there usually people who, hair and makeup there that you do trust to do your hair you know I was on an episode of high maintenance and I had a weave and I remember like before I got there I washed it yeah you did all the work I laid my edges down I showed it with the scarf around the edges like hair is fine like you don't need to do anything sis just this face I have my prostalgia I have my my toothbrush I don't need like I have not been in a position where I have been free and been like, oh, yeah, everybody. Know. I no. When I think about no, I have not. And hopefully, that's one thing. Yeah. Hopefully that will change in the future. But no, I have not been in that space yet. Right. I don't think I have either. It's like I got my wig prep, but just put a wig on me or I'll just do it myself or I'll go get it done before me, I go. Where I see it the most is a lot of galas. I do a lot of galas and they always say, we will have glam on site. And I do this thing. <laughs> Here's this thing. This, it's like a, it's like a trick. It's a, I just do the thing where I walk into the hair and makeup or glam suite looking for bobby pins. And what I'm doing is I'm looking at who's in the room. Like, I'm like, hello. Oh my God. Hi everybody. I just want to know, does anybody have bobby pins? And that lets me see who is in the makeup chair, who is in the hair chair. If it's 17 white men, I'm like, I don't need this. And I get my bobby pins. Everyone thinks I'm a really nice because I've spoken and I've said hello. But that was literally me just checking out the hair and makeup room. That was me checking out the glam suite. It's my bobby pin trick. Every time they're like, glam is here. I'm like, oh, um, let me get some bobby pins and then I'll know. I'll, I'll yeah, maybe later. I'll, no. I just go get Are them. y'all listening to this? Because like, I don't honest- want to feel be- like, I don't want them to know. So I'm like, how can I go in there and get something? And they think I really can't. I just get three bobby pins. <laughs> and there it is. One other question mm-hmm. um, for your dreads. Mm-hmm. How do you, what's the, because I've not asked anybody this who's come on the show and had dreads. What's the upkeep? How do you take care of it? Um, 
What does that look like? I, if I got dreads tomorrow tonight, I would have no idea where to start. I wash them once or twice a week. Um, I love to keep my scalp moisturized. I live with for a castor oil, a con- just a scalp conditioner. Um, I try to sleep with it wrapped in some kind of way. Sometimes I'm lazy and I don't. Um, to keep it like the edges refreshed, I love to take a little edge control. And once the like new growth is coming in, like I'll retwist them and put a little gel in the edge nice. around so they look really fresh. It's honestly just really easy. I just am always like, let me keep my scalp moisturized. Let me make sure I still have all my edges when I'm done. Right. So not a lot of pulling tight of them. Like I'll let them just be up here, like in a thing. So there's no like tension around my edges. Um, just easy. Just keeping it clean, keeping it moisturized. I can only do things that I know how to maintain. You know what I'm saying? Like anything yes. that's a little bit too complicated, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pipe dream. Girl. Um, all right. Last. I think this is going to be the last Come question. What, is, what are you hoping for when Broadway does come back eventually? What are you hoping that we walk into? What do you think? I just hope, I feel like my hope has to be realistic. Like, I'm not expect, I don't want to say I'm not expecting much. Let me not say that. But the reality of it is, it's not that all hearts and minds have changed. It's not that white people suddenly get it. It's that a lot of them just don't want to be called out. Um, The work that I'm doing now, I see like white people throwing money at the problem. Like people are just signing checks and they're having diversity trainings that aren't diversity trainings because I see who's leading the diversity training. And it's like, you can't have your diversity training led by an Asian woman who does not work in theater. Wow. She doesn't know anything about the struggle. She doesn't work in theater. She's not black. She, what, what is she telling you? A lot of these producers are still, um, doing what white men do, which is protecting each other. Like, we're not going to have anyone lead us who will challenge us or call us out. We will have someone who will give us the information safely where we don't feel like we're being attacked. We don't feel like anyone thinks that we're racist or is calling us racist. So they're coddling each other. They're protecting each other. And so now now that I know that this is what the diversity trainings look like, I'm like, they're not learning anything. Okay. So what do I hope for? I hope there's an awareness. I hope, honestly, my awareness is for the other actors in the room. Um, Sutton Foster did an interview with Britton Smith and he asked her like, okay, in the past versus now, if you saw something racist happen in a rehearsal room, what, what would you do? And she said, in the past, if I saw anything racist, I wouldn't say anything. Just like that. Cause that was her truth. They didn't hire me to be that. They hired me to show up and say these words. Wow. And so I hope that our white colleagues and peers the people that we are standing next to on the stage, I want them to be aware. Because if the ones whose names are above the title, the ones who have the star dressing rooms, the ones who are who have some kind of power, if they can be vocal and we all can stand together, I think that's how it has to work. I'm not expecting these million dollar big producer people to suddenly walk in all kumbaya and I get it. I don't expect that because that to me doesn't make sense. To me, if, if those of us who are doing the work, if we have each other's backs, if I, if something happens and I know she going to stand with me and he going to stand with me and we all going to be on the same page. And if we need I got to your back. take a 10 minute break and we need to stop and pause, if, if that can be greater, I feel like we will have accomplished something. I'm not expecting the world because I think that's not realistic. I'm expecting producers to do what they have to do to protect themselves, to keep themselves from being called out or on somebody New York Times list. I am expecting us actors, because that's that's always where the change comes from anyway. So to me, if I can walk into a space and at least feel like I'm not alone, and if some shit goes down, then my people are going to have my back. That's what I want to walk into. And if I can start seeing it trickle upwards... If I can start seeing creative teams being more aware, if I can start seeing it not be 17 white people behind the table, I feel like slow but steady. And I also see, I want to see more black people and people of color breaking off and creating our own. I want to see more theater companies. I want to see more just us doing us because we don't need permission to be great and to create our own work. Like Broadway is Broadway, but a lot of us have gotten to Broadway and been like, oh, this ain't all that. 
Broadway has been the end-all be-all for so long. And then we get here and we're like, oh, but it's just racist. <laughs> oh, but it's trifling. It's unsafe. And so I'm like, oh, let's just open a little off-Broadway theater that's black as fuck. And we over here doing great, challenging, amazing work. And then if we end up on Broadway, sure. But like, I want our goal to be like telling great stories and doing great work in the community, building community. So that's, honestly, that's what I'm hopeful for. Um, Love Love that. Um, there's a quote, I think, I think I saw, I wrote it down. I think I got it from your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. It says, what is coming is better than what is gone. And in terms of this pandemic and everything that is happening, do you, do you believe that today? I do. I think we're tired. And <laughs> yes, I think, I am. I think like we aren't going to let the same stuff that we let, like you said earlier, when you experienced like, is that a microaggression? And you were like, mm, is that a thing? I feel like we're not going to let that happen anymore. I feel like gone are the days where we're suffering in silence, when we're running to the bathroom during the 10 minute break and crying in the corner, where yeah. we're just like swallowing it and pushing it down and pretending. I think that's not going to happen anymore. Because I think we have all had time to reflect, reevaluate, um, pull our resources, talk to our friends and say, okay, you know what? They might not have figured it out, but we have figured it out. We're not going to tolerate this. We're not going to stand for this. We're not going to allow, if I see somebody talking to one of my brothers and sisters and out of line, out the side of their mouth, I'm stepping in. Like I feel us collectively coming together being like, nah, no more of that. So I honestly think, the, the worst is behind us. I think we are going to do everything in our power to make sure we don't go backwards. Amber, thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. You are the bomb. <laughs> the bomb. Y'all, seriously, please check her out. You've got the best website oh, that I have <laughs> ever been to. The best website I've ever been thank to. Thank you. What is it? What is it? Just... I'll post it. I I wrote myself. I wrote the theme song that opens the webpage. I love that little website. Anointed. Thank you. Anointed. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the bomb. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. This was so much fun. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Y'all, Amber Iman is so hilarious and so cool and so genuine. I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to meet her and sit down with her. Please follow her on Instagram at amberiman underscore and go to her website. Literally check out her website. It is the best website I've ever been to at amberiman.com. Shout out to Broadway Podcast Network. Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. It's available on iTunes, sung by me. (laughs) Shout out to Nick Gardner for spreading the word about this podcast and I think uh, that we're about to be published on Blavity. Don't quote me on that. Um, But keep your eyes peeled for something written by yours truly. (laughs) Um, If you like what you hear, y'all, please subscribe. Please rate this podcast. Leave leave a review. That would be awesome. Uh, And spread the word. Tell a friend. Thank you so much, y'all, for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.